0: Kidley Wright from the logo! Got it! Oh, but Kidley Wright. Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm. Today we've got a few things to talk about. Um, today, as you guys probably know, day two of Buffs Camp. Uh, second practice out of 25 practices down to 28 days until the first game. Uh, had a chance to talk with Carl Durrell, uh, in his media availability with a couple of the other reporters. Uh, also had a couple of minutes with Brady Russell, um, just like alone with him. It's weird. To, it's tough to say that without it sounding kind of weird. Um, was gonna talk to Christian Gonzalez today too, but he was able to like sneak by the people who are in charge of stopping the players who are supposed to go to the reporters after practice. So should be hearing from him as well as Mark Perry tomorrow, and I'll try to get audio of one of those onto this podcast, maybe both. Who knows? Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, it is obviously Friday, which is the end of the week, but there's camp tomorrow, which means there's gonna be a podcast tomorrow. So. I hope you're excited about that. Um, I guess I should mention this too. Uh, I've got a couple of stories up at the DNVR.com. Um, one about everything that I talked about with Brady Russell, basically uh, going through his recovery, um, kind of how what it's been like talking with, Um, Some of the other younger tight ends teaching them what to do talked about his, uh, basically just his workload being less. So so that's up on the website. There's also my day two of camp takeaways, which is, you know, I think it's like five different little sections, each a few hundred words. They turn out to be like 1200 words total. Um, A lot of information. I'll say that. A lot of information um, based on what we learned today. And, of course, obviously yesterday's camp takeaways are up there, too. And tomorrow, the notes from tomorrow will be up there, as well as hopefully I want to write this story about Christian because there's some fun stuff to talk about with him. Um, So that should be up tomorrow as well, although I will say it is the weekend, and it's camp weekend But I could see myself pushing that back to Sunday and me on Sunday being really upset that I did that because I'm writing three stories on Sunday. Point is, look for a bunch of content throughout camp on uh, the website as well. Uh, We'll be running through kind of the big points here on this podcast today and every day because that's what we do. Um, Before we get into it, though, I want to talk a little bit more about the presenting sponsor of this podcast, the Colorado XO's. They make everything we do here possible. They like, I, I mean, they fund this podcast. Uh, and the least that you could do is follow along with them. Um rugby team new rugby team been around for about a year got five players into major league rugby so far it's impressive they've been taking athletes from other sports teaching them how to play rugby you know like sec football players who maybe went to like a training camp well now they're a colorado xo and actually now they might be one of those five who who've made it to major league rugby uh, also stay tuned to dmvr rugby for coverage of the olympics uh, you can follow on twitter on uh, like their podcast. There's written content on the website as well. So definitely make sure that you are checking all of that out. Because so again, they make this possible. Okay. Um. So, big takeaways. Um, not the most eventful day. You know, day one is obviously a big day. Um, you get all the TV reporters up there, TV cameras. Uh, Carl gets his jokes off about the TV cameras being up there. You know, it's, it's a... I'm not going to like a lot of the first day is almost feels like scripted because it's kind of the same. But then we get into the meat of camp, which in theory is like really a ways away still. But we, uh, we were alone, you know, me, a couple of other guys, Brian Howell, Adam Munster Tiger, um, Justin Guerrero, the, the, the the crew that was going to be up there for most of the season. Um, It was, it's a change. It's, It's interesting, you know, Um, mostly because there's there's a lot of people trying to get questions in on the first day and the second day. It's a little more relaxed. Uh, Carl has a chance to, you know, hang out a little bit, not be not that he was like super like fake. He knew that there were cameras and there's a lot of cameras. It's more of like your traditional like press conference vibe versus uh, a little more chill. So that, I guess, is all that. Honestly, I didn't even need to say any of that in hindsight but yeah um so let's get into what Carl had to say um started things off by saying that it was another good practice which obviously it's good to hear maybe not like the the biggest surprise it'd be tough to really screw up um the second day of camp for or practice I'd have to think um but uh again Uh, his whole thing is about stacking good days that he had a great quote about that uh he said i think we're maturing as a football team and really understanding how camp goes it's a marathon and the things that i try to stress with these guys is that we've just got to keep stacking up practices good practices back to back to back to back etc 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 so that we're inching our way To doing some really great things and executing and being the caliber of team that I think this team has the potential to be. So we had another good practice. (laughs) Okay, so we had another good practice. Um, Again, it's what you want to hear. Good practice isn't really newsworthy. Newsworthy. Uh, bad practices are and those will come around day six or seven inevitably there will be one where carl comes out and he says we weren't executing the energy was low we had to get on the guys to to really go after it. and and in hindsight there really weren't many of those in the fall um obviously different situations different i mean their backs are kind of against the wall. Everybody's super grateful to play, all that kind of stuff. There were a lot of factors pushing things toward that way. Um, it would be interesting to see whether that's just like a, a trademark of a Carl Durrell football team or if that's something that changes this time around. But I would say you expect to have two, three practices where the coach shows up afterward and says, you know, that was a bad day uh, for whatever reason because... The execution because of the focus because of the energy whatever but you expect to hear that two or three times um, and it's news when that happens good practice is just what you expect to hear um, he did give a couple more details in that opening statement saying basically that the, the practice has so far have been competitive um, and and to me personally that is a very good thing to hear especially because you know you have the quarterback competition I think to me and I think to probably most of you listening We expect this defense to be really good. You look at what they can do with the trenches, the pieces they have in the secondary. Um, Nate Landman, if you hadn't heard about him, uh, that defense is going to be good. And at the very least, it's going to be an average to above average Pac-12 defense. And I really think that it does have the potential to be one of the two or three best, if maybe not the best in the Pac-12 if things go the way that I think all of us hope that they go. Um, because of that, I wouldn't have been all that surprised if Carl said, you know, the defense has kind of been cleaning up the first couple days. Things are going well for them. But, you know, he said, I always like give and take. I'd be nervous if it was all one-sided. And he said that, that give and take is what he's seen. Um, the offense, he said, we have one period that was a lot of screens, a lot of draws, stuff like that. There's some good plays that the offense made, good plays with the quarterback, made some good decisions and adjustments. The adjustments thing, I think, is key, um, especially because these are two younger, not-so-experienced guys, and Brendan obviously more so than JT. But Brendan's got to... There's more to playing quarterback than just throwing the football, or in his case, running the football. I think that you know picking up where the pressure is coming from and what that means and how to fix it and all of that sort of stuff. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of questions with both of these quarterbacks at this point. Um, more so because all these practices are closed to the media. Um, we just wait outside for it to get over. But um, it's good to hear good decisions and adjustments. That's an important piece, you know, as much as it'd be great to hear, oh, yeah, there's hitting on every deep ball, you know, just dialed in back there. That's all great and something that would get me excited. Sometimes just hearing about decisions and adjustments, that's what the, what really matters more than anything. Um the defense he said, I saw some really good things with the defense. I had some good read and react, some shutdown type plays. Good stuff, good stuff. again, not whole lot of like details but that's kind of what you expect um oh also i guess well here let's take a quick break right now oh and i had to restart my computer so i don't have the ads pulled up so i have to pause this real quick all right um got it so first of all want to remind you guys if you are not members of dmvr yet you should definitely check that out because there's a bunch of awesome things that come along with that first of all you get access to all the things that i'm writing about buffs camp you get access to all that everybody is reading or writing about all the different sports teams too if you're not just a buffs fan um or you know even if you are a buffs fan maybe late in the football season you start thinking huh i'd really like to read about how uh how csu fans are coping with the, the struggles and then you can just go and read that and i'm sure that could be fun too Um, but on top of, uh, the, uh, written content that you get access to, you also get access to, um, you know, a a really big beer for the same price as a a regular sized beer at the DMVR bar. Um, when you sign up, you're going to get a, a free shirt that goes along, oh, Actually, right now for training camp, there is a, a really great deal going on. Um, so if you sign up to become a member, to, I don't know when this ends, but definitely today and probably in the near future for sure. Um, you can use the code CAMP2021 CAMP2021, and not only will you get your membership, you'll also get a $60 gift card to the DMVR locker. It's a great deal. You can pick up a bunch of stuff. Um, uh, you probably see this coming, but since we signed Nate Landman to be a DMVR athlete, I actually just saw the first little mock-up of the shirt that we're going to be selling with him, obviously, on it. It's a cool one. And so that gift card, there you go. There's, there's something to spend it on. Um, there's also, even if you're not a member, we're doing uh, fantasy football parties at the DMVR bar. So if you're... Trying to host your draft somewhere? Well, uh, if you do it at the bar, then you'll get two free pitchers of beer. One is a Breckenridge beer of your choice. The other one is the draft beer of your choice. And all you got to do is call the bar at 3 o'clock or later any day or just email gm at thednvrbar.com. It's gm at thednvrbar.com. And uh, you can get in on that seems like a seems like an awesome option um also i should plug this too so there's a golf tournament uh, the golf league is over there's we are doing a lot of stuff. I just realized going through all this. Uh, but there is a golf tournament. It's on September third, the same day as the Buff season opener. So it's a Friday. It's an eight a.m. shotgun start. It's uh, a scramble out at Common Ground, the home of the Colorado Golf Association in Aurora. Um, I know that I'm excited. I've started building my team, and we're gonna go play some golf in the morning. Win some cool prizes and then head off to Boulder for the game. It's going to be a great day, uh, so check that out as well. Um, also, okay, I probably spent a little too long on that, so we'll move quickly. Um, Hassle Cattle Company. If you guys haven't had a chance to check out Hassle Cattle Company yet, um, do it, because they have some really great meat. Um, they uh, they So Hassle Cattle, it's a, it's a cattle farm out of Texas, and... They raise Wagyu beef, which is the the kind with, like, the marbling and, you know, you have to, like, massage the cows and all that kind of stuff. It is really good beef, and what makes them special is that they make it affordable for just about anybody. Um, they have all sorts of different products, a smoked sausage, New York strip, beef, bacon, wagyu, Frank, without any fillers, two jerky flavors, a uh, hamburger, one food networks, Northeast burger jam. It's seriously good stuff. No hormones, nor, an- no antibiotics. And you can check that out at HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H a S S E L L cattle company.com. Use the promo code DMVR 10 for 10% off your order. It's DMVR 10 for 10% off. Um, Also, they're doing a drawing right now, so you can just go to the DMVR Sports Twitter page, uh, click the link to our pinned tweet, and you can enter to win a $200 gift card and a Hassle Cattle Company cooler. No reason not to check it out. It's free. You can win money. It's a really cool cooler, and uh, you get notified about all their best deals, so definitely do that. Okay, now the reason we got to this ad break early. um, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app – and they've got some awesome deals going on right now. So if you're a new user, then you can place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. They've already done it. So that means you just have to make one a $1 bet on anything in the Olympics. You'll get $100 in free credits if you're a new user. It's a great way to start things out, put some money in the account, and then you don't have to worry about, like, losing money while you figure out how to bet or if you're already using another betting service first of all you should switch over um but second of all why not jump in and take advantage of this also the (laughs) finally the reason i want to do this DraftKings had a, a a special today so they just added same game parlays what that means is you can parlay different things in the same game to all happen so for example in this rockies game tonight i've got I've got a lot that I need to happen. Um, So I need the Rockies to be winning after five innings and then to lose. I need Jazz Chisholm, because he has my name, to hit a home run for the Marlins. And I need seven strikeouts from Colorado's pitcher, Herman Marquez. If that happens... I win $650. Uh, it's obviously a lot of things I need to happen. But the reason I took the risk is because DraftKings today just gave everybody who uses the app a $10 free bet on a same-game parlay. So I figured I'm there's a couple different strategies, obviously. like You can try like a few things that are very likely to happen and just see if you can turn that free bet into $10 in cash. To me, I was like, well, let's just see if we can make some big bucks here. So far, Rockies are up through three, which is what you want to happen. Um, No home run yet from my guy who shares my name. Armand has three strikeouts through three innings. We're, We're... Got something going. We'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm excited about that. Also, so download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up and turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, back to the buffs, though. Um... A couple more notes. Uh, heard more about Shannon Turley, the new strength coach. Uh, we've we've explained who he is plenty of times, but why not do it again? He was at Stanford for 12 years. Uh, took a year off last year after being fired at Stanford, and now he's Colorado strength coach. Won a bunch of national strength coach awards. A lot of people, including Carl, crediting him for being at least part of the reason that Stanford turned around the football team. And I think that basically everybody credits him almost entirely for the fact that they had very few injuries over those years, big, fast, strong guys, all that kind of stuff. Um, heard about him. So, so Carl just mentioned him briefly. Um, Yesterday, Carl also brought him up at Pac-12 Media Day um, unprompted in his opening statement saying he's been doing good work. You can see the differences. Uh, Nate Lamb and mentioned him in his recovery yesterday. Uh, I forgot to ask Brady Russell about him because I was really curious what, what Brady thought because, you know, strong guy, strength coach. Seems like somebody whose opinion you trust. Um, but today, we did hear again from, uh, from Carl saying that he's been impressed with him ever since he met him. And he actually met him quite a while ago back when he was at Stanford because Carl's son spent a year on Stanford's football team. And so Carl went through the whole process, the official visit, all that kind of stuff. And he said, as as we'd actually heard before this spring, that he was impressed then. Um, He really liked how they did things. Um, Then said some of the same stuff that you always hear um, talking about. There's no injuries and all that sort of stuff. Um, can tell that can tell that he's been impressed, and he really does think it's making a difference. And we've been hearing things like, "There's so much bigger. Like you can just look and see that this football team is much more capable than it was before." Um, it's good stuff. Um, uh, heard a little bit about Terrence Lang. Um, can't remember who asked about him. I think it might have been Brian, but um. What did we hear? So uh, the big thing is he had a surgery over the offseason. He was out for – he might have been out for all of spring ball. I can't remember if he was around in those first couple days or not. But um, he, like I said, had to get the surgery. Um, According to Carl, he's now at about 95%. Um, Sounds like he's going to be back within the next week or two. Um, and Carl had some other good stuff to say, saying, first of all, you haven't seen the best of his game yet. Saw glimpses of it and those sorts of things because he's such a really good athlete. Um, it's interesting. Also not a surprise, you know, he's six foot seven, he's 285. He moves really well. He's explosive. He has basically everything that you could look for in a defensive end. Um, Apparently, a lot of that production, at least in Carl's mind, is more so because of those physical tools and not necessarily because he's put all the pieces together. Um, And Carl said, uh, right now, I just see a great level of maturity and guys like him that have the physical size and talent. It's great that the mental side is really or is picked up at a really, really high level. That's what you want to hear. That's what you want to hear. You know, he's somebody who uh, he wasn't super consistent is the big knock. He'd make some some huge plays, and, and sometimes they'd come in spurts. I think there was a drive against... I don't think it was San Diego State. I think it was before that. Um, it, was, it was against somebody, but it was basically three straight plays that he was in the backfield, and then they had to punt. And that's what he's capable of. It's just putting everything together so he's doing that consistently, whether that's uh, an effort thing like... A, Just knowing what he's doing, type of thing. And that's something that Carl brought up as well. Um, He said, mentioned his knowledge of his role, um, uh, the understanding of the defensive system, those sorts of things, he says, are making a difference. Good stuff for sure. We can hit on a couple more of these and get to Brady. Brought up, uh, actually, he didn't bring up Jaylee Stacks. He was asked about Jaylee Stacks. And again, Jaylee Stacks, for those who don't know, a running back. He was a true freshman last year. That means he's a second year true freshman this year. He comes from Cherry Creek High School. Not a super highly rated recruit, but interesting because of the type of player he is. Um, I'm actually going to look up. I'm not sure what he's listed at these days, but it's not very tall and it's pretty heavy um all right Let's five foot 11 230 bulky guy um but he's been making plays and we saw that the media was allowed into a scrimmage during spring camp and again he, he showed exactly that he was able to break some tackles uh he was able to get out in the flat catch some balls and then break some tackles he was able to wiggle past some guys uh, and today Carl had some great things to say about him. Again, when asked. This wasn't him bringing it up off the top of his head. Um, Here's what he said. He said, you know what he reminds me of? There's a couple of NFL fullbacks that sometimes they're playing in a number of spots, even though they've been labeled a fullback. They've been the one-back runner behind the quarterback. They've obviously been the fullback in some two-back offense. And they've also played at the tight end positions in the slot." So that's kind of how he views Jay Lee. Um, I think it was him. It was one of the coaches for sure. It might have been uh, Darren Chevron, the offensive coordinator, or Darian in the running backs coach. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was Darrell who said, um, you might only get a handful of touches, but it did sound like he was going to get some touches, which is you know, big news in this backfield when there's so many talented runners. Um Again, he said he knows he's unique. He's got some size advantages when he's in the backfield. And he understands he's a great ball receiver. Um, Catch and run stuff. Some secondary routes from the backfield too. Again, that's, like I said, I personally have seen that. He is a very versatile player. Um, I, I almost wonder, the one thing that actually is more concerning to me than anything else is the blocking ability. And again, that's just because I haven't seen it and because I don't think he was used that way very much at Cherry Creek. Um, But in terms of running the ball enough to be worth putting on the field to do some of these other things, I think he has that. You know, the hands, the route running, um, the ability to make guys miss, to run guys over, those sorts of things. I think he has that. Um, The key is, what sort of blocker is he? Because that's really going to be what separates him. um, Because it's not like out of the backfield as a receiver he's Worlds better than anybody else. It's just that he does so many different things and can be moved around that he becomes a pretty versatile piece that I think could be out on the field um, a decent amount this year. I don't think I put money on it. If I were to guess, I'd say he gets maybe. 10 touches I'd say eight touches over the course of the season and that's probably on the more conservative side of things Um, but I do also think that there's a world where he does kind of solidify himself as a contributor in this offense um, which would be fun to see it's just that there's so much competition that you know he plays a physical style football and he's only in his second year on campus you know there's there's some reasons to have some concerns for sure definitely like to see the hype though um, and finally, we'll get into some of this tight end stuff. Um, we'll start by talking about not Brady Russell. Um, Carl was asked today by Brian af- about whether there would be,, um, there- what he's seen, If anybody's really surprised him in terms of the tight ends, what you see in the first couple days. And uh, Carl has named four names. First one was Alec Pell. He said, Alec Pell looks good. He made a couple big plays today. I think he's done well. Um, Brought up Caleb Fourier next. He said, he's jumped out there and made a few plays too. Uh, Brought up Eric Olson uh, and said, Eric Olson is learning and getting better. He's definitely light years ahead of where he was in the spring. Um, He also brought up Nico Magri and said uh, he even looks more comfortable playing tight end now, and he looks like a tight tight end. He's putting in a lot of work with trimming down a lot of weight. He's been working on his ball skills, things like that. you remember he was a defensive lineman. Pell was a a linebacker. Both, I think, made the change before last season. I almost said, was it before or after spring ball? I can't really remember. Um, That's because there was no spring ball. Um, But, yeah, Eric Olsen in his... First year on campus, he was here for the spring. Killed Fourier in his second year on campus. But still a true freshman because of the way that all works because of COVID. Um, by the way, Ermel Marquez got his fourth strikeout. It's the middle of the fourth. Rocky's up 2-zip. Need him to hold this lead through the fifth. Then need Jazz Chisholm to hit a home run. Need the Marlins to come back and win. Also three more strikeouts. Could be a big night for me um okay actually let's let's knock out this last quick quick break this time um and let me tell you guys about ball so ball does a bunch of different things um if you are a buffs fan which willing to bet you are uh you've probably been to Folsom Field back when it was open and gotten a beer and the beer that it came or the cup that the beer came in was that aluminum cup with the Ball logo on the side it was a big deal when those got announced I was at that press conference with Rick George with the CEO of Ball um with Stephen Montez who wanted to take those cups home with him and had to specifically be told no those are not dishwasher safe they're not They're single-use, they're recyclable, so it's not, like, bad, but they are single-use cups. Um, Not sure what happened there. Um, I would guess that Siva Montez put those in the washing machine, though, if somebody were to ask. Um, Point is, they do that sort of stuff because they're an aluminum company. They're also, the the, like, Ball is in Ball Arena, where the Nuggets and Avalanche and some other teams play in their concerts and stuff here in Denver. Um, They, uh their their big thing is that they make aluminum cans. Um they actually made 101 billion aluminum cans in I think that was 2019. Uh that's a crazy number of cans. Again, just wrap your head around that. How many people are there in the world? See, I always have to remember money is in trillions when so we talk about like budget that sort of stuff. People is in billions. So it's like 7.8 billion and the US budget's like 5 trillion something like that. But um yeah. That's It was what? So if there's like 8 billion... Let's call it 8 billion people on Earth. 101 billion cans. So that's more than 10. That's going to be like... uh, 12 or 13. 12 or 13 cans per person on the entire planet. Or a fun way to do it would be like... There's a can for every person. There's also like... I wonder how many cats there are. Probably like... I bet cats and dogs... There's enough for all of those. Point is, it's a lot of cans. And then you may be thinking, again, oh no, all that stuff. You you can't just be making things like that because it destroys the environment. Well, there's two things. First of all, they're big on the environment. They're cutting the emissions. They're doing all those things that you want corporations to do. They're also um, recycling those cans. Aluminum, very reusable. Actually, 75% of the world's aluminum that's ever been created is still in use today. Um, so, again, good stuff there. Uh, so many reasons to uh, support Ball. Um, and if you are looking for a job, Ball is a great option. Uh, they have a uh, a facility, a plant out in uh, Golden, and they are hiring uh, in a bunch of different positions. So if you're interested in joining their team, you can text GOLDEN to 77222. Or just go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. Uh, It's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. Simply text Golden to 77222 and you'll get set up with some more information about Ball. Okay. Uh, Knock out this Brady Russell stuff and then we'll get out of here. So, Brady Russell. um, We talked a lot about a bunch of different things I think for those of you who've been listening to this podcast for a long time you know how I feel about the tight end position is the best position in football it can open up so many different things and it was really cool for me personally to see Colorado use a tight end basically for the first time in a decade um last season specifically in that first game where Brady Russell went off he uh Caught five balls for 77 yards and a touchdown. It was the most yards since Nick Casa did it against, I think it was Washington State in 2012. I know because we've talked about this so many times. Um, but again, what did I say, five for 77 and a touchdown. Well, uh, the rest of the tight last season, five for 21, no touchdowns. And you remember Brady Russell got hurt in, I think he said it was the fourth play of the the game uh, in week two against Stanford. Um, in that first game, though, he said it was a lot of fun. Uh, he said that, well, here's what he said. It was cool. It was a lot of fun. I've been trying to gain that trust for years, and then finally, last season, it was awesome because I finally got it. Um, I also thought it was very awesome. Uh, he said, obviously, they trust me in the run game, but then they started trusting me downfield a little bit. That was fun. Against Stanford, we had a bunch of stuff drawn up and finally getting to be utilized in a way that I thought I could play. And then it got taken away like that. it did. Uh, So we talked a lot about the injuries. Grade 3 ankle sprain. Um, Grade 3 is the worst one. It means that the ligament is totally torn. Um, There's also other ligaments down there. Some of them are called the deltoid ligaments. I'm guessing that there's other ligaments. He tore all those too. It was a pretty serious. It couldn't have gone much worse, honestly. Uh, he didn't play the rest of the season. Um, there was some hype you'll remember before the the Alamo Bowl that he could be playing in that. Um, he did not. Uh, apparently, according to Brady, he was medically cleared, but there were just some other like hitches in what was going on. Uh, brought up like some muscle tightness and those sorts of things. Um, he didn't I mean, he was around in spring I think he was doing some things in the spring didn't play in the spring showcase but he told me that he felt like he was a hundred percent a little bit after spring ball ended and it's kind of been smooth sailing ever since then um he feels good he's at full strength now it's what you want to hear um we talked about a bunch of other stuff too um he said that obviously he's gone back and watched that UCLA game a lot. He's going back and watching some of the other games from earlier in his career, seeing what he likes and didn't like about some of that stuff. Uh, he also said he's been watching a lot of some NFL tight ends. Um, he said uh, Travis Kelsey, for one, Greg Olson. So he watches those guys in the route running. He also said that he watches a bunch of tight ends who just play – with the similar system that Colorado plays with in terms of like the running game, Um, seeing how they approach their block, seeing what works and what doesn't and those sorts of things. And that's been a lot of how he spent some time over the uh, off season. I should say this too. He looks really good. Um, I think that maybe it's just because he was a walk on early in his career you think of him as just a little bit undersized and actually i wonder what he's listed at because you know at this point when you're talking about tight ends everybody wants guys 6 foot 5 6 foot 6 just like huge massive and and brady isn't quite that but still when you talk to him it's like okay yeah That is a tight end, and that's a tight end who's going to get a shot at the next level. Listed 6'3, 255, and that's like a full 6'3. It's not like a Keaton Slovis 6'3. It's like a real 6'3. So, yeah. Uh, In terms of some other stuff, you know, talking about some of the younger players, he said that, first of all, he, he likes doing it. He's doing a lot of it, but also he has to remember, like, they're young players. Uh, They said, I've got to keep that in the back of my head. I can't be getting mad at them. I've got to coach them, teach them to do it the right way. Those sorts of things. Um, Carl uh, spoke highly of him in that role, said... He has the experience dimension and also the savviness of the position that I think some of the younger players are starting to learn by emulating and watching what he's doing. He does a great job of encouraging his group, his younger players, about what he sees, and this is what I would have done in this situation. Um, definitely, uh, I mean, not, not a surprise in, in any way. Um, but the other thing that Brady brought up is that because Colorado has so many tight ends right now, and there's 10 on the roster right now, and five of them are freshmen, he doesn't have to take nearly as many reps as he used to. Remember, Nico Magri used to be a defensive lineman. Alec Pell used to be a linebacker. They had to get shifted over because Colorado was so light at tight end, mostly because Colorado just didn't really use that position all that much for a a, a solid stretch there. Um, Brady says, though, having some practice reps off, has been really nice. It's, uh, it's nice because I can save my legs a little more. I'm not just ridiculously tired at the end of every practice and then having to get my legs going the next day. Yeah, you love to hear it. Makes sense. Um, he also brought up the Nebraska game when it was like 90 degrees. He played over 90 snaps. It's like that sort of stuff, hopefully, is kind of done. And, and to him, that's some of the motivation getting these other guys ready to play, is that that means that he gets some rest. Not that he doesn't want to be out there playing football, but, you know, it's 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 definitely nice to have, uh, you know, 25%, 20% of the plays off because somebody else is capable and you're not letting people down by needing a little bit of a break. Um, yeah, I think that that was kind of the big thing. Uh, a lot of conversations about how he's just had to regain the coach's trust. Not regain, but but gain it in the first place. Show them that that he's capable of doing more than just blocking, um, which has been obvious for quite a while. Um, I think that that's it. Uh like I said, be back out there in Boulder tomorrow. Uh practices are not open to anybody including me, so I won't see what happens. We'll hear likely from Carl Durrell. Usually once you get through like the first week or so of camp, sometimes like the coordinators will rotate through and you won't hear from Carl some days. Whatever. Um and then I'm also lined up to talk with Christian Gonzalez and Mark Perry. Excited to hear from them. And uh that I'll hopefully get some audio to play on the podcast tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, I'll see you guys then.